some studio magic to to recover them. Okay. Okay. Let's jump in. I got a little intro I'm gonna do. This is called, by the way, mining in the foothills, because we're on the search for dialectic gold. Dialectic meaning dialogue. Gold as in good, good dialogue. Okay. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Mining in the Foothills, where we are on the search for dialectic gold. I am Wes from Oleopus, and my guest today is Rylan Cox, lead guitarist and a founding member of one of the most ambitious, most promising, and most badass rock and roll bands in Southern Indiana, The Strangers. On March 1st of this past year, well, of this year, the band released their self-titled debut album, which featured their original drummer, uh, Noah Loper, who unfortunately passed away in uh, 2021 from an accidental overdose. Um, that debut record was released on Wally Opus Record, which, if you don't know, is my record label. Uh, on March 5th, 2022, The Strangers played an album release show at the premier Astro Theater in Jasper, Indiana, to a nearly sold-out crowd. And from there, embarked on what has become a 30-show run, probably, around the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It was originally like a 12- or 14-show tour, but now it's turned into a bunch more. Uh, following the release of their record, the band, with help from local filmmaker Thomas Bernardin, put out a mini-documentary on YouTube sharing their story, from their formation to losing a bandmate to bouncing back stronger than ever. The Strangers are currently prepping for their biggest show today in Los Angeles, California, at the legendary Troubadour Theater, where they will go head-to-head with Breed, a band out of Orlando, Florida, for a chance to play the main stage at the 2022 Louder Than Life Music Festival taking place in Louisville later uh, next month, which is September Rylan is a native of Santa Claus, Indiana, famous for Holiday World, and and um, who's the football player? <laughs> Jay Cutler. And Jay Cutler, <laughs> uh, and but currently resides. Rylan currently resides where the Strangers are based, right here in Evansville. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Thanks for doing this. You're my first guest. Yes, sir. Okay, so this podcast, uh, my goal is to um, get a little bit of background on who you are, but the point of the bio is to kind of fill people in on who you are and what you've done. But this is more so, I want to talk about the work. Like, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the music and um, Mm -hmm. kind of the inside... And and honestly, I've never talked about like having produced your record. I've never talked to you or any of the band really about the record in depth. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we've only we mentioned it, or like we we spoke a little bit about it on the documentary, but that's mm-hmm. not really like in it's depth. Brief, yeah, yeah, it's brief. But before that, um, tell me a little bit about what's going on today not this day but i mean like this yeah. time period 
Um, so overall with the music and like the music side of things, it's basically uh, a lot of rehearsing. Mm-hmm. Um, we always have had a show like for the past six months or so. Yep. Um, so there's always been something to rehearse for or, or get to set, get a set list like put together and stuff like that. Um, and not nearly as much time for just dicking around, you know, jamming and writing and stuff. But we've also been in the process of doing both, you know, mm-hmm. trying to juggle both of those things. And, um, so we've got, I don't know how many, but around, I would say over five, like songs in the, in the works there. Um, a couple of that them. Are like how far percentage done? Like if like <laughs> um, 80, 90. I mean, 100. as far, yeah, we got the bare bones of most of the stuff, you know, um, for, for each of the songs we got at least, at least that. And then we've got some demos to do and, and some editing to do, um, mm-hmm. as far as just making the songs better. Mm-hmm. So, um. We've been playing those songs pretty much everywhere we go, um, seeing how it goes over and what we can do to to please the people a little bit too, you know. Well, uh, Teelan said it on the last podcast you guys were on, the Days Grim podcast, which I do recommend if anybody wants to learn more about you guys as a band, that's a good one to listen to. Mm-hmm. But Teelan said, like, you guys are really open as a band, as in you play even like unfinished or unfinalized music. I guess you've been doing that with Teelan ever since. Yeah. He pretty much joined the band and you guys have been playing shows and you have new music. It's like you share it out publicly. And I noticed too, you guys go back and listen to each of your performances. You're like a comedian who records their set <laughs> and then listens to it on the car ride yeah. home to see, you know. Yeah, if we can if we can have any sort of recording or like People in the audience taking videos, that's always, like, highly appreciated. Mm-hmm. Just because we can see what it sounds like, I guess, from a, from an outward perspective and and take a look back and see what we can do a little bit better. Yeah. And see what we did do good. Because, I mean, there's things in each performance that's, that's a little bit different. And you think, oh, I want to do that all the time now. Like, yeah. I want to I wanna throw that lick in there all the time. So... Just that kind of stuff. It's like watching game film for a f- sports team, like after the fact. You yeah, know? yeah. Because like you got when you guys were here um, the other day before you live, li- uh, before you did the live stream uh, for the battle of the bands thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you were listening back to your Jasper set from the uh, Str- Strassenfest or something that yeah. somebody else had recorded. But um, I guess like when you're up there, you probably aren't thinking tons about. You probably aren't thinking tons. Like, you're probably just uh, playing, aren't you? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. And then so, when the song's over, it's that's freak out time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, it is a little bit weird. Uh, it's more more of like just a vulnerable position mm-hmm. to be in when you're not playing or you're not holding uh, an instrument or something like that. But, you mean like between songs? Yeah. Um, that's why we make a, a show a real show like that's the point that's that's what we're striving for i mean we've got a long way to go in all aspects of things but um as far as the live show goes it's like when i see a live show i don't want to be like 
okay, here's this song. And okay, here's this song. After every song, you know, like the the songs are, they are they're all coming from somewhere, right? And and we're putting them, we're putting the pieces together. So it's like, why should that change from song to song? It should just be like almost a continuous sort of like an album, you know? Yeah, I feel like, but dude, I feel like good bands can do that. Like especially like you guys. Like what I noticed. at the at the last thing, uh, the Fuchsia Fest that you guys played was like, man, you have brought the older songs like Sweet Holly. Now, when I hear Sweet Holly live, I prefer it. I listen to the record today, which is its own thing. Yeah. It's slower on the record. It's faster in person. There's so much more um, going on from start to finish on the record or uh, on the live performance, and I think. Like you said, you know, you have a long way to go. And I know when you guys were here, you you were talking about Greta Van Fleet's live performance, uh, their live show, how they have pyrotechnics and like yeah. all this crazy shit going on. But yeah. like, I would think the prerequisite for any development of the show itself mm-hmm. is the music. Like, yeah, for sure. is the music great? Are the performers all great? And I feel like from a music perspective, you guys are fucking getting there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're yeah. starting to get... Like, I heard Atlas of the Dog say that. Um, like, we need to do more stuff like that, the between the songs. Uh, like, the connecting yeah. songs through music. It's like... It's like a... It's like a... Like a... Keeping the last song going into the next song that fit... Like, whatever that is, the transitions. Yeah. It keeps people engaged and it feels... Like, did you guys rehearse all that? Are you just improvising all that um, shit? A lot of it is improvised, um, but there's, like, there's... It's just, like, built into the set, essentially. It's like, okay, Lucas might talk here, say something. Yeah. But we'll also play while he's talking. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. uh, like, or just stuff like that, you know? It's in the moment, like, the, the exact notes are mostly improvised, but just, like where it starts and where it finishes and and things like that is um it's almost like writing when you write when you're writing a set list it's almost like writing a song mm-hmm. in a sense um you have a to beginning, do those, a middle and an end yeah you got you have to have those those pieces because there's so much emptiness you know mm-hmm. and that's something that we found a long time ago like it's something we've always wanted to do is make it more cohesive the entire par- performance itself, um, and and make it a real show. Yeah. But um, there's only so much you can do, and um, but what we can do is make the make the music side of it really good. So that uh, that makes up for the not having the pyro and st- yes. <laughs> stuff oh, yeah. like that, or like fancy lights and and whatever you know. But Dude. when you do have it, it just makes it all that much better. So. Oh yeah, yeah. it'll come. It'll come. But, like, I feel like now you guys are at a place where when, like, for example, at this festival, it was last week in the Fuchsia Fest, I was recording it live, and there's, you know, eight different bands or performers and bands. And, like, when you guys come on, it's just a level of uh, tightness and, like, uh, confidence, I would say. Like, real confidence, not front 
fronting confidence, not pretending anything. It's just like, like you guys let it rip. Like I forget what Teelan said at the beginning of this song. At the beginning of this set, he's like, let's get it. Or he's just like, Teelan's like a, Teelan's like a fucking uh, racehorse that just wants to run. He's like, like, can't wait to just play, <laughs> set up his drum kit and oh, what, go. He, he's you know? like a, if somebody caught an, a bald eagle yeah, and it played, played a violin. violin. <laughs> I don't know. And then Teelan's like, that was off of Dead the Day's Grand Podcast, yeah. if you don't know. And Teelan's like, what's crazy is I I did play the violin when I was younger. I don't know if he knows that or if, if no, Brian knows yeah, that. He, I don't but, think he knows that, but it's pretty yeah. funny. Okay, so and then also going on right now, Besides the music, your show, your biggest show up to up to date is well. I, I'm calling it your biggest show up today, but really, I don't know if it's your biggest show. I don't know if there'll be as many people as like the Astra Theater. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's gonna be packed. So, and it's in L.A. Yeah, so. It's the Troubadour. Yeah, you know? the Troubadour. Yep. And so you are the top two bands out of 128, and you're heading. To Los Angeles. Are you yes. excited? Yeah, very much. Have you been to Los Angeles? I have once. I flew out with a friend um, one time because it was like his graduation gift and his grandparents were just paying for us to go out there. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go out there. This was before I graduated. I was like a junior. I was like, maybe I'll move to LA. Maybe I'll do something. Yeah. You know, yeah. Whatever. And, Never know. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I've been out there once, and we saw we didn't we didn't see the troubadour or anything. We saw uh, the whiskey and yeah. like that that stuff on Sunset, Sunset Strip. Yeah, um, and saw some like famous people or whatever. Who? <laughs> um, we saw this YouTuber Danny Duncan. Oh yeah, I know. And Danny some Duncan. other YouTuber. It was a girl. I, f- no I forget her name, but you know those guys are. Fading away, I feel mm-hmm. like. <laughs> wow, I have no idea. But I haven't heard much about any of that in a while since I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. But well, uh, you, I feel like, uh, too, as you get out of that giant social high school bubble uh, and you focus on your shit, you really kind of miss out on every, like you, you, you enter into a bit of a bubble yeah, and you don't you really forget about a lot know of what's going on in the world. Bullshit. In general, stuff, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, I want to know, let's go back to the beginning a little bit. At what point, uh, I don't think I've ever asked you this, um, I know you took guitar lessons for a while from Ray Major, mm-hmm. and uh, then what happens, wh- at what point did you start taking it serious? I think I always like thought I was taking it seriously in an immature like way. <laughs> or, uh, And it's like, okay, so... Um, I guess I'm not real good with ages and years, but, um, I probably like took some lessons from him, you know, reading sheet music and learn and learning how to just like do everything the right way. Um, he's real big on that Ray major and, um, is he in Evansville or Santa Claus or something? He he lives in Ferdinand. Okay. Yeah. So I just exposed him, but. Oh, hey. Um. (laughs) You didn't say his address. Yeah. But he's he's from Ferdinand, and um, he's real into the folk stuff, you know, blues music and and all that, and like that's what that's what I was kind of taught, and that's what I was into anyway. Like, did he teach you how to read music 
Yeah, um, I didn't get very far, uh, but did you already forget how? Uh, I can still read it, but not like I can't. I don't sight read anymore. Yeah. And I think when I was younger, maybe I was just memorizing it anyway. Yeah, uh, I maybe, think about that. Maybe yeah. I was, or maybe I was reading it. I don't know, because like I went, well, whatever. But, uh, yeah. but so after that, I guess it was like a two, three year thing, maybe. Um, and I felt like I was in a position where like. I want to play electric guitar. I've been playing the classical nylon string guitar for three years or so, four years. Um, and of course, just screwed around on random stuff before that when I was, when I didn't really know what I was doing and I was just picking at the guitar and stuff at like, I don't know, I was probably five or something. Four. Really? Yeah, Holy just like, shit. I get this like one memory. Like, I don't have very many. <laughs> when you say picking, I'm thinking that you're holding it correctly and you're, like, playing notes in, in yeah, sequence. And yeah, like, so... Were you actually doing that? I don't that know age? that I was doing that at, like, four, you okay. know? Uh, yeah. But I definitely was just, like, obsessed with the thing at that point. Um, and then, like, once you get into school, it's like, there's not... There's nobody who plays music. There's nothing really musical about the experience of school <laughs> um little room for creativity anyway. i mean we can write a book and say whatever you want and, mm -hmm. and they'll print it or whatever but uh you know i always thought that like art class and music class like i really liked those teachers that i had because it was like that was my time of day where i was like okay i mean like this is a recess. Yeah. Can I can breathe or something. Yeah. But, uh, so, like, the teachers are great and whatever, but it's just, like, the curriculum and, and all that stuff. It's just, like, there was nothing there that really would get anybody interested or or necessarily have that much creative freedom. Um, and then, you know, just having friends, like, playing sports, you know, gets you out of the habit of, of, of like, what you think you want to do mm -hmm. you know what i mean you start forgetting about that stuff but even at age five you already loved the guitar even if you didn't really still know how to play yeah i've got this like one memory of like waking up at like the crack of dawn right and just getting in my closet and i feel like when i think of this memory i just imagine myself as a baby <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird man but like there's this like guitar or like ukulele like this mini guitar in my closet and, like, my parents swear they don't remember this, but, like, I just remember running into their room and, like, waking them up and everything with that. And uh, that's just it. Like, that's just the memory. And, like, most of my memories from, like, a really young age have something to do with, like, that. Like, with the guitar or something. Mm -hmm. It's just a weird thing. But, um, yeah, so I'll be, like, I guess second, first, second grade, I play guitar. I play guitar on the talent show. You know, played what I was taught, uh, what I knew. Um, was that other, people, going, other people's music? Yeah, songs? I was playing, like, just, like, beginner songs type, like, even first grade, like, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. <laughs> yeah. And whatever I could. The basics. I could do. Um, which I did more than that at that point. It's just, like, I read the sheet music and I did what I was uh, supposed to do. And that was like first grade, and then I remember, which is funny because I pl we we're good friends now. But James Warney, yeah, uh, 
went to my elementary school and he went up there with an electric guitar and he just like blew everybody's minds you know what i mean in the talent show or something yeah yeah and i was just like upset i was like are you kidding me man like he's doing what i want to do yeah i was like this motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna kick his ass (laughs) no but uh (laughs) but even at that point in like first grade and and like second grade i i wanted an electric guitar i got an electric guitar around then like first second third grade whatever and uh and started doing some stuff with that and learning the songs on my own uh, out of like Beatles books and stuff like that. Because that's what we did. We just learned Beatles songs. And, yeah, hell yeah. And I mean, I listen to them now. I'm like, I did not play that shit. I would just played the chords. You played I guess. the chords. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And but then I started putting the, the melody lines underneath it with while I was playing those chords. So like they just became like I had a sense of identity on, on the guitar because I could play these pop songs or play Beatles songs finger style um, playing those chords still and playing the melodies so therefore it's like recognizable to people because I never wanted to sing and I was embarrassed about that and I never tried it either because I didn't want my parents to hear me or whatever really in my house so um, I didn't do that until oh god I don't know maybe like the junior senior year i had the balls to like sing a little bit but i still don't sing in front of anybody mm-hmm. <laughs> but um you sang it that was like that was once. like my thing that was like my thing is like i was like i can uh they can recognize this song now because i can play the melody underneath it yeah, yeah. and i was really into that and um I played, uh, so I got with this guy named Kevin Kress, which is actually Lucas's cousin, and he played in a, Lucas in a band. Lucas is the lead singer of The Strangers, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Lucas Washington. And uh, so I got I got with him and did a few things for like maybe a year, year and a half or something. Like I would like leave basketball practice early to just go over to his house and jam on guitars. And he taught me like um, a little bit of like, you know, Stairway to Heaven or... <laughs> shit like that um and then we just like jam backing tracks and stuff like that but i just been jamming to backing tracks my whole life until i had a drummer and a and a bass player mm-hmm. it's just like youtube tracks mm-hmm. even ray major would pull those things up which blues backing tracks let's just play some blues scales and that's what i did I just come up with my own motifs i never mm-hmm. played with a pick until i was like 16, 17, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe later than that, I don't know, but like, yeah, so I, I don't know, I just always wanted to be a, a lead guitar player and do, you, and do some shredding. Do you feel like now, like, do you feel, because, okay, you know, you start out, everybody starts out in, uh, in, intimate, or not intimate, imi- imitating mm-hmm. their idols or who they look up to or songs they like or whatever it's all imitate like you're just which is the right thing to do i think you model you model those who have been successful at it and then then eventually you start branching out into um your original self you know your own identity do you feel like you're like do you feel like i mean you're only 20 Mm -hmm. so i mean it wouldn't be expected, I don't think, but do you feel like you're hitting a point where you're starting to mature on your instrument and like 
yeah. gain an identity. Yeah, I feel like this is something yourself. that's always happening. And like, I never had the attention span to sit there and copy somebody or like learn this or that. Um, and especially if it was like Slash or something. Like, I was, I was a big obsessed with Slash when I was like six years old mm-hmm. or five years old or whatever. And I was like, I'll never be able to do that. Like, this guy is God. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, these people get such a like to a child like it looks like magic yeah you know and it's like i I don't think i'll ever be able to do that but then there was a certain point where i was like i could actually just do anything (laughs) if i want you know Mm -hmm. what i mean if anybody wants to they could they could um it's just a matter of sitting there and hashing it out but uh yeah, there's definitely like and like I w- ever since I started playing guitar, I just would make my own songs or or just even if it was like a two chord progression. But as soon as I learned like hammer-ons and pull-offs and stuff like that, I was just on my way to like creating something within these chords that I knew mm-hmm. essentially. Um so I never really had the attention span or wanted to practice what I was supposed to practice. Um, except at guitar lessons or whatever. And that was pretty much it. You know, I just took what I knew from that lesson and started doing other stuff and started just like... Building on it. Yeah, because I just... I don't know. I think Ray Major might have said to me one time, he said, well, you're doing... I don't know what he exactly said, but he's like, you're doing this. And I, I don't know if you're... If you're uh, trying to do that or if you're just doing it, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, or if it's an accident or something like that. And that's how I feel about most of my playing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, am I trying to do that? No. But does it do the, the thing that I want it to do or that somebody else may recognize that I don't? Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. Um, I just think it's... Playing instruments is just a weird thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's all over the place. Because you could be like the most uh, professional musician and and like the best like player technically and like have no good songs or no written songs or anything like that. And that's not like I don't care about that necessarily. I want to be uh, I want to be able to have the skills to play what's in my head, but I also want to be able to just play what's in my head yeah uh, like i don't know how else to put it it's more important to me to to make something of that i thought up or that i accidentally played or whatever is that's more important to me than learning uh anything which i thought was like a, a downside yeah for a long time um but i i just i just don't really care well, and so do you, do you hear, like, do you hear, when you say, I want to play what's in my head, like, are you sitting there and then you, like, you hear in your head, like, a, a melody or a, a structure that you want to work out? Or do you, do you find it once you pick up the guitar and start, you know, playing? Then um, does it come? So it's, it's just a mix of both. All over the place, yeah. yeah. Most of the stuff that I come up with in my head while I'm not playing guitar 
it's just I'll pick up the guitar and play it, and I'm like, wow, that's like I'll never make that into anything. <laughs> like that's just stupid. Yeah. Or whatever. I was like, I don't know why I thought of that. Like rhythmically, I think in my head, uh, I think of things like uh, rhythmically, in a sense. Like if I'm try- if I'm thinking of a riff, and it's not necessarily like any like cool notes or notation or whatever but it's just like a rhythm of something but when i pick up the guitar all the melody just takes over in a sense yeah it's just kind of like that um so that's where i do most of it is actually playing yeah and it's a lot of it's visual too Uh, it's just like um hitting that weird spot on that whenever you're playing something you know what mm-hmm. i mean or you're just like playing that one thing that you just haven't played before and it gets it's not you. necessarily something that you think about it's just something that you do yeah so and then you recognize like ooh, like that that's interesting what, mm-hmm. what just, whatever just happened is interesting because I, I feel like uh i do this a lot um i guess i have for like a while but i can i recognize it now i've been writing a lot and I'll hear something in my head that sounds fully realized. Like I might hear a melody or come up with a phrase, and then the, and then in my mind, all the music makes sense that's around it. But I don't actually. It's just like I'm just filling in. My imagination is just filling in gaps. Because then when I sit down to write it, it doesn't work out like I thought. I'm like, God, that isn't even the right time. Like that's not even the right mm-hmm. rhythm. You know, it's like in your head, it might be sound really cool and then you lay it out and it's like it's something totally different or you just scrap it like you said yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff like uh i would like sing into my phone or like if i didn't have a guitar or something and i'm like what even was that yeah you know like (laughs) there's a lot of that stuff so it's all fun so let's uh let's let's pivot let's go to uh let's go to the first record the first record, eight songs, was made. I remember you were sitting right where you're sitting now, probably on the same carpet. I don't even know, but like <laughs> this room was pretty empty. There was really nothing down here. And then uh, we had the discussion after Noah passed away and decided we're going to use his tracks and rebuild rebuild what is going to become the strangers debut album Telan wasn't in the picture yet so there was no mm-hmm. other real option at the moment other than uh just moving ahead with what we had but uh do you what do you remember about making the record in the beginning like what do you do you remember what it was um, like were you excited were you nervous were, did you even think about it like do you remember it was anything? like it was like autopilot yeah uh, a lot of it it's just like the timing of it all it's it's like you think you're ready to do something or 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 whatever after someone passes away or someone's cl- something that happens to someone that's close to you somebody mm-hmm. you love and um it's just uh it's just a strange thing yeah um a lot of it like i remember a lot of it like once we get talking about it you know I'll I'll remember some some stuff, but like a lot of it's just like this washed out like section of time, mm. you know. Yeah. So and uh, 
I don't know. We had fun doing it um, and everything. So It was almost like off and on. We worked on it for after we set back on in May, like June, July, August, September, October, November. I think probably finished it in November or December. So that's like six-ish months. I think we finished it in like January. Because I remember like we had stuff to do, but it was like oh, Christmas yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we're like, oh god, okay, this done. Yeah, and yeah, but like, but it was Christmas. <laughs> but like, and a lot of it too. I was thinking about. So I listened to the record again this morning, or half of it at least. And I was listening to Sweet Holly, and I was thinking, damn, we used, like, I don't know if you remember this exactly, but we used, um, the what was kind of like the, I don't even really call that a demo though. Like we, I don't even think, so we had two demo sessions with Noah. This would have been in 2020, I think. It's all fucking running together for me too. But there was a time period where you were living in Newburgh at your grandma's place. And it was between the time that she listed it for sale and sold it, which was a great opportunity to record stuff. The empty house. The house, yeah. It was a nice place too. Yeah. In a quiet neighborhood, so thanks for until all that. we started playing. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate that though. But uh, we set up there and uh, tracked the first round of demos, a lot of which was used for um, several of the songs on the album, all of them except Sweet Holly, because then Sweet Holly, we came back after Christmas. We did this before Christmas, then we came back after Christmas and recorded. Um, so we recorded. Sweet Holly, and then we did some other um, stuff like and the, the Dad, Dad Gad. Gad. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dad we did Dad. some other just acoustic stuff with you. But the Sweet Holly session, I'll never forget because of the energy that was in the room. It was kind of the first time that I had experienced um, like a flow state, like where you forget about time and you forget about yourself. You experience mm. this synergy, this flow state. Um, among a group of musicians, I wasn't playing an instrument, but I had a notepad. And as you guys were working out the structure of Sweet Holly, which you had a bunch of pieces for, but it wasn't put together yet, totally. And we had the pieces kind of written out. It's like, okay, you're going to do this, then you're going to do this. And then it was kind of like cueing different parts when stuff's going to happen. And I think that day we ended up recording three takes of Sweet Holly. And then... I, I, I don't know if I've told you all of this, but like, it's a little behind the scenes. I spliced together two drum takes of Sweet Holly, mm-hmm. two, like a good ending and a good beginning, spliced those together. And then it fit with everything else that you guys were doing. Like, we kept the original bass, original lead guitar, which it was just one guitar at the time. And then the only things we wow. added after the fact were vocals additional guitar i don't even the only guitar we put in there after the fact was telecaster no we put it was like an acoustic in the we put an acoustic we had a strat and acoustic but like not actually uh in the process of of overdubbing everything for the album right because this was like what you said january yeah this would have been 2021 six months before okay yeah and then, um, yeah, I remember that. That was really quick. Um, we just came up with that. Really fast. With those guitar parts. Um, it was lightning. 
came up with those guitar parts like a week before that or something, and then we just threw it together. Noah was like learning his drum part as we were recording it. Telling, yeah, yeah as you were like showing the guitar parts and stuff. Yeah. But I then mean, that's only how most of that stuff went, and like that's, that's how most of that stuff went. Yeah. It's really kind of a spontaneous type stuff. Because like a lot of it, like there's parts that don't necessarily even like fit together. And it's just, uh, at the time I was like, uh, that we wrote some of those songs, I was like 17 or something like that. Yeah. Geez, so like, please. and that for those songs to come out like three and a half years later, four years later almost. Yeah. So that's crazy. Well, I can already hear now, dude, like comparing your album to what is now the records that you guys are or the songs that you guys are playing at your live shows i mean dude the new songs are like they're like they reflect who you are because i even feel like when we put out the record i'm like this is the best recordings that we've made to date but like it didn't quite still up to that point which probably happens with a lot of musicians it's like by the time the record comes out, you're like, I'm already on to like this, this, and this. Halfway through the next one. Yes, yeah. Whatever. And the sound has changed. Your musically has developed. Yeah. yeah. Everything's kind of taken, you know, moved forward a bit. But, um, but yeah. So we're we're we came down here. I remember showing you guys. Um, I want to say it was Fear Your Lies. Might have been one of the first ones that we jumped on, and I played it out of the monitors blasted it out of the monitors and we sat around and listened to it and i think that that confirmed that it was either that or dead in days it confirmed that like we could do this like this is something mm -hmm. that we could do you know like produce produce tracks over top of the drums yeah work through the vocals get some you know like like finish the songs that you guys started yeah i think that Looking back now, I know that there was some talk about like, well, maybe we should bring in like another drummer or this and that. But I'm really glad that we ended up not doing that just for that record oh, because yeah. like that's a time period. It's sealed. It's enclosed. And to me, it feels like that's that. And I feel like you guys, especially after the album's released, uh, the benefit show for Noah that was in that was in Santa Claus. After all that happened. I really feel like now you guys are on to a new chapter. You're a new band. Mm. Yeah, it, it just has to be. Um, uh, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, at the same time, it's like it's it's great and everything, but it's it's hard to. It's sometimes hard to be excited about things like you think, like dream come true type shit. <laughs> like you know, mm -hmm. even the troubadour. It's like. I'm so like internally conflicted, <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, I'm just never going to stop. Yeah. No one's, I don't think everybody, anybody plans on doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, cause like whenever Noah passed away, I was like all the more reason to just keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think I ever saw that as a, well, I guess we're just gonna put our instruments down or something. Or, yeah. Or even find 
like a whole group of new people like that's not uh that's not the strangers really yeah 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 i agree it would have been a different band yeah so um i think we're still the strangers and it's just a different version dude i think for young guys you guys have done the like a great fucking job of and i don't mean that like as a like a nonchalant pat on the back i mean like looking back now having gone through it over a year and a half or whatever it's been since Noah passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's been a, about a year and a half because it was the same weekend Augie was born, and he's a year and five months, I think, or four months. So that's a way to keep track. But uh, you guys did a great job of honoring him, and Thielen did a great job of being respectful, uh, like finishing out that first chapter and honoring Noah with the album and with the different shows that we did mm-hmm. um, in honor of Noah. And then, but I can tell now, and I actually think that this is not only the right thing to do, I think it's the necessary thing to do. And I think Noah would want this to happen. Noah was not a bullshitter. He was not a fucking woe is me type of dude. Like, Like, he was not... He was not dumb. He he would not hold up progress. Like I think even Noah now, if he could comment, I mean, I don't mean to, you know, whatever, but I feel like he would even want what's happening to happen. As yeah, in like yeah, you so. guys are better than ever. Go for it, man. Go all the fucking way, you know. I That's, mean, that was the plan, you know, for for um I mean, it still is a plan. It's like that, that was a plan for that we wouldn't start uh, something that we weren't going to be serious about. I feel yeah. like it's like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I have to. That's I just no my that's just clue. my thing. It's like, be a fucking I don't know, car salesman or something. Yeah, <laughs> like nothing against like people with selling cars. I mean, everybody's got had got to have a day job. Yeah. You know? uh, but I like to not have one. <laughs> that would be nice. Oh yeah. So yeah, that was the plan with uh with Noah and that's what we're doing right now. Is I just want to take it as far as we can go. Yeah. And, and I can see it now. Like I can see I can see that this last two or three months, like I don't know. I I, I was I'm I just feel like I'm now recognizing the switch in focus of like I think Thielen's coming into place as you guys' drummer he's like I think he's the band's drummer now you know what I mean he's not just filling in or coming in it's like we're we're past that now you know and I think that everybody's in support of it now your fans and your 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 immediate fans your parents and stuff Oh, yeah. And uh, who's always who have always been a huge part of your shit, but and I can tell too, dude. Teelan's brought Teelan's brought a discipline to your group that <laughs> that was not there before. It's a maturity, it was just like a slight. It's a, uh, before it was just like this slight uh, discipline. I mean, you guys Nothing, were disciplined. You we practiced, our, yeah, and like yeah. But it's it's a little bit different now. Yeah, it is. I mean, the fact that the fact that you work on stuff, 
or you, you review your shows and talk about them and stuff like that. That to me is like, that's serious shit. Like that's, that's real deal. That's why you guys are improving at a rate that you're improving. Yeah. I mean, because you're putting it to work too. You something know? that like Playing shows, something that I've done. Uh, I don't know about necessarily everybody else. Like, it's just good. There's just things that are apparently they should be obvious, you know, and and then you realize kind of thing. So like obvious things like I would I would go back and listen to our performances. Um, if anybody any videos like listening to that, critiquing that, um but to sit down as a whole band I mean, it's just got to be everything. It's got to be pretty much like that. Yeah, it's and and we tr- we tried all that before, but there's just and, and of course there's always something that's like you you can't get everybody in on um, in the <laughs> moment, and you just gotta go. You just gotta do it, like interviews, whatnot, yeah. um, stuff like that, or even just practice. Like if, if somebody can't make it, and we got me and Teon. Me and Dylan will just do it, or me and Dylan yeah. and Lucas, me and and Kate. So, it's always progressing. It's always developing in some yeah. way. Yeah, we don't like to. We don't like to necessarily waste time. Yeah, that's why. That's what I mean. It. Like you guys, it's, it's fucking serious. You don't get you know? to be twenty years old for ever. Yep. And um, have the opportunities that you're having, like yeah. And Caden's eighteen, so. Yep. I'd shit my pants if I was 18 and I was Caden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. straight out of, fresh out the womb, you know. Literally <laughs> out of leaving the summer of his high school year, playing shows all summer, and then going to the Troubadour. Going to the Troubadour with a really good chance of playing Louder Than Life, louder than life at the main stage, which people need to vote for. This will come out before then, you know, for the yeah. six people who listen to it. We need you guys to go vote. Oh, this is going to be everywhere. Okay, sweet. Yeah. For the 16 people who hear it, we need you guys to go vote um, on the 28th <laughs> on DW Presents on Twitch because yeah. that's where the shit's going down yeah, at. Follow DW Presents on Twitch. Yep. And uh, we're not, I don't even know what freaking time that shit starts. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows, but there's a good chance that it might be Later Late, in the evening, yeah, th- we're thinking about nine, yeah. nine twenty, because it's in LA. Time. Yeah, yeah, and the show starts around like seven thirty ish, which is nine thirty our time. So it might be closer to ten thirty or eleven, <laughs> but we need people to stay up and vote. Luckily, yeah, we'll just tell them it's nine. Yeah, and just there. get on the yeah. the Twitch stream and chill, uh, and chill there. But um, so uh, looking back. What would you have done? What What do you listen to on your? Like, what would you have done differently on your first record? Now that you, now that it's out, now that it's moved on, uh, it's just. Would you change? It's anything? hard to tell. Like, yeah, there's th- there's things that would change, but like a lot of the stuff that was being planned on being changed, because um, we recorded the demos so long, honestly, before Noah passed away, that it's like so much had been done in between that time. Yeah. Um, changes and 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 things of the song like it's mostly like structural structural changes to the songs uh 
which is I'm all good with the songs, but um we we had to do some editing to to kind of get that that f- feel of like what it felt like in the most recent yeah experience. Um well cuz I feel like now knowing you guys taught me so much about recording just via experience, mm-hmm. but then now when I the idea of tracking a new like a new song with you guys if it like I'm just saying like the idea of it I feel like it'd be so much different not only because we have a real drummer but because we have control over everything like back then or it's like everything is a lot more the the songwriting is intentional yeah the everything is the choices pretty intentional um for the most part I think we've only gotten like two songs out of just jamming really and then the the rest of them are just like guitar parts that I would have for a song and show them to the guys jam them out with Teelan a little bit and then Teelan would be like well we also need a bridge in there or something and he's Mm -hmm. like I'll start playing some chords he's like well maybe move up to minor third or whatever and then we just got then we have a bridge you know Uh, so so um it's just like that, that that work. Even even when it's already planned out, there's just this, um, from all angles, like input, you know, and just it makes it like this thing. Yeah. So I mean, before that, it's it's either nothing or it's just me playing guitar, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, do you yeah. do you write in solitude and bring your ideas to the? party if that makes sense yeah like, yeah um to the session the a lot of a lot of stuff comes from that of like so sitting much. alone and you're yeah. like playing at night by yourself or yeah. something. and then and then there's stuff like electric love where that was just like totally out of nowhere like i, I don't even know where that damn song came from mm-hmm. <laughs> like and it's crazy because it's like one of my favorites and it's such a weird thing mm-hmm. it's it's a weird song it's kind of quirky, but it's also like emotional. <laughs> yeah. So the course hits. Yeah. Too. And yeah, those those riffs just came. Caden had a bass part, and I just started playing drums. You know. Oh, was that? One and that then we just. Yeah. And then I'm just doing like the weird thing over it. Yeah. Then I don't know where it came from, but whatever. And um. That's the thing. It's like I wonder a lot of stuff comes from. I think it's just already sitting out there in the in the universe, Dude, in the I field, think so and, too, and you just man. recept the shit. Like everything is I already think so existing. Too. I think so too. Yeah, everything's already there. It's just you got to receive it in a, in a sense. So I yeah. think, and if you got four receivers in a room, yes, can, yeah, yeah, you can really do some some receiving. <laughs> yes, I agree. But yeah, so and uh, the song we call. Um, we call it like C sharp or the way I see it right now. Um, it's my favorite song. That one was just also pretty much out of nowhere, but I kind of know where stuff comes from. Like it comes from in that sense. Like it's like uh, you have these ideas and you 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 start playing something else like months and months later, and you're like, oh, I'm playing that song right now. Oh, that kind of sounds like. 
if I I could even put this part of this song into my song right here, and it would mm. it would just go, you yeah. know. So it's stuff like that. But um, yeah, there's just a lot of it where I don't even know where it comes from. But a lot of it um is just jamming and I, like the first album is like I was just trying to come up with rock and roll music. Yeah, and it's pretty obvious, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but people like it for the most part. Um, I I get nothing but positive responses from it you know um other than some assholes would be like well uh maybe if you guys had a better like producer or something because they don't even know what happened and i'm like yeah actually you're a fucking asshole but whatever yeah (laughs) so well and i i actually think that because i mean i do i've i've heard it too about production quality and stuff but i think like the okay you had two we had two choices choose quality and then like erase the meaning of it or yeah follow the meaning and in like the like the soul of the music which was originally with noah mm-hmm. honor that stay true to like who you guys were and you know like who yeah. what had happened that felt like the right thing to do even if the record yeah, isn't sure. as clean and as perfect it's like but because a lot of that you could tell I was listening to it today. I'm like, this just sounds like some guys are fucking going off in a room, you know? Like, when yeah. I listen to the Dead and Days solo, I'm like, Jesus, that one gets, it still gets me. Like, I really, really like that solo. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like it's in the moment. It's live. It feels like you guys was, are all together. Like once you put those, it's like once you put those headphones on and you, it's like, it's just like playing with him again, you know? Yeah. Um, in a sense, it's, I mean, obviously it's a bit different, but um, all the tempo changes and bullshit that that he was doing, like, uh, and we weren't playing to any click tracks or anything, so no. it's like all that stuff is like I'm locked in with it because it's just like that's what we've done forever. Cause we didn't have anything, we don't, like we didn't have any in ears or or a mixer, or nothing. It was in the room, dude. Yeah, nothing. So, I'm cool with all, like, the tempo changes and stuff. But, like, live, it's, like, we can really, like, we've really honed it in. Oh, um, yeah. So, it's, like, really cohesive and it's a little bit more, uh, there's a little bit more booty in there. Oh, you yeah. know, it's booty music, as Dylan would say. Yeah. Dude, I, I mean, dude, C-sharp major, or minor. Is a C sharp whatever. Yeah, you song. can call it the way I see it. The way I see it is uh, <laughs> that song. It's so the rhythm. Teelan one day recently was just down here playing the rhythm of that song, the the drum pattern, and it's so recognizable. I'm like, that is to me that level of musicianship. Like C sharp minor is like. I mean, it, it it's it goes from, and this is no disrespect to the first record because it's mm. it it goes from kids making it to to fucking men. Like when I hear C sharp, I'm like, these guys are fucking musicians, dude. Like it sounds like yeah, realized. It sounds like grown up. I feel like it's the first good. record had had the had the opportunity, like or had the chance to be sort of like that. I mean. Yep. Those dem- we never plan on doing anything with those demos. I know. Um, 
just listening to them. We were just practicing. Yeah. You know? You had never heard yourself on a record or on recording. Yeah, we never recorded an anything. Yeah. yeah. Up to that point. So, and I mean, we were going to start recording, like, what was it, the next month? Like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, we were going to start trying to re-record that the album. Not even re-record, but record for the first time. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it could have been... Could have been bad. Could have been good. <laughs> you know. I, don't I know. know. But I'm I'm pleased with what we've got. You know, it's a uh, me too. It holds a lot of value and and it's uh, all the positive feedback I've gotten from it is is crazy. Honestly, some so, people really love it. Yeah, I know. And think about this: <coughs> those funny. recordings have got you. Through this competition. Yeah. That's what is so like That's what we were voting on up to this point. It. You know? Yeah. It's like that that's what makes it like whenever we want when whenever we got into the that final four round, like because the battle it was, of the bands. Yeah. Because um if the first few rounds they use like our recorded music. Yeah. And that's Noah on yep. there. And they were saying just like amazing things. We were winning the votes or we were winning uh, the, rounds. The, the rounds so getting the votes round, winning the rounds and uh, it's just like there was like this last one where we got into the final four and they were like wow and they are like that's that's awesome like these guys could be like blah blah you know just talking us up and whatever like I don't I don't know what people really think yeah. <laughs> you never know what anybody really thinks but when somebody says you could be like Led Zeppelin or something and they're saying that about those recordings. It's like, I don't know. Unless it makes me super happy, but it's also like so fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. It, do you do you feel conflicted? Like because Noah played on those but never got to know the recognition that? Yeah. It's, or what is it's, the confliction? It's that, it's that and it's like that. Um, like obviously we come out better than ever. We're we're all better musicians yeah. now. Um, Thielen's great, whatever. Um, so it's like I don't have any uh, worries about what people are gonna think now. You know. Yeah. But it's like, um, it's like with those with the with the album recordings and get, that getting us so far. It's like I, you know, it's just. The feeling of wishing that he could be here to experience that. Yeah. Which is, it's hard, but it's like, it's also, it it's also like great at the same time that we can just, that that, that has happened even. Yeah. Like that we've gotten that far because of, like, it's like he was still a part of the band at that point, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. taking us through the steps. Which, yeah, which is actually even crazier, um... Which is actually even crazier than you guys having done this all on your own. Is it's like he is still part of it because it's the only records that you have out. So you're doing a competition with the new strangers, the new version of the strangers, but it's still the same. Like you said in the beginning, it's still the same band. Like we're not, mm. you're still the same band, you know? Yeah. I mean, and. and- like a band like the Chili Peppers has went through like their original guitarist died and then 
uh, John Frusciante had his issues and whatnot, and he was not in the band anymore. But they were still the Chili Peppers, and everybody still loved them. And like all that music that the that they made with with John Frusciante and uh, uh, what the that guy's got a strange name, the original guitar player. I don't actually know the original guitar player. Um, they talked about it in the podcast recently with Rick Rubin, but I can't yeah, remember the guy. Uh, yeah, it's like Hillel Slovak or something like that. Okay. Uh, I think that's his name. But, yeah, I mean, like, they made so much shit with him, and, like, they, they got their recognition, like, they got recognized for, like, what he had done with them, too. So... And they're still the Chili Peppers, you know. Yeah. And yeah. also, John's back in the band, so. Yeah. Yeah. But uh. Yeah, and then people love them for that mu for that music, you know. Um, and they love that music. So, if if they've got like a different member or something, they're probably still gonna go just for the songs. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I didn't even know John, uh, Fushante, whatever was, I can't <laughs> say his last name, but. I I know the story now, but two years ago or three years ago, I didn't even know that he wasn't in the band. I didn't even know that he had left the band several times. Yeah, but I mean, it makes. I got sense, real into though. them like uh, not like sense, a couple of years ago, but yeah, I understand now how a band can go through shifts and changes like that because, like, like it's like part it's, of what the what the what the band is. Like, it's, yeah, it's already it's already happened. Like. At some like, point, the band becomes a vehicle that is driven by whoever the fuck's behind the wheel. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. I guess most of them are still the Stones. Yeah, they? except Steve Jordan's the drummer now. Yeah. But he's great, so. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, it's just stuff changes in bands, but the band itself is always living. Even uh, Pink Floyd, uh, they, had, they had their... Uh, members swap and they got david gilmore in there and uh that was their that was their success really i mean they were successful before that but uh they had a change of band members and it was still pink floyd you know yeah dude Teelan said something on that podcast with the grim guys uh i just thought it was like really good he was saying everybody was going around and give your two cents about whatever you would say to your younger self or whatever and he said uh it's not a it's not a competition and um i agree, like i think everybody at the end of the day anybody who's an artist at least to a maturity like at a maturity level agrees like art isn't a competition it's subjective what mm -hmm. you think about a record and when i think about a record are two different things or a, a painting or whatever that might be but yeah. um but like when uh when the uh when brian asked uh teal the question about uh led zeppelin being the biggest cover band in the world or the best cover band there ever was or whatever and teal like i don't have a problem with that and uh i thought man at a certain point you stop giving a fuck about the drama of shit and you just listen to music. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just about the damn music. Yeah. It's like it's like when I found out that uh that that songwriters wrote songs for some of the artists I liked when I was a kid. I'm like, what how is it 
so they don't I thought everybody was a singer songwriter I don't know who gave me that perception I just thought that's the way it was <laughs> yeah. but then then I found out I want to be the songwriter like I want to be the producer I want to be the dude behind the scenes you mm-hmm. know because at the end of the day I don't care who made the song if the song's great you know mm-hmm. of course there's like a beauty in it and there's like art and doing everything yourself or whatever but yeah, um, it's just like uh, some some things like if somebody uh, didn't write their song and like they're singing about their hardships and stuff like that, then it, then it gets a little you? it gets a little bit like, come on now, false, come on now, yeah, like it's just like money making shit. But what if you're but like but what like, if you're a if, character? It's just like somebody like. Kurt Cobain, who wrote his songs, and and you hear what he's saying, yeah, it, it holds so much more value to me. Um, but yeah, I I get your point about the songwriter thing. It's like there's there's always help, you know. Oh yeah, I actually think. Well, so like when we were down here last week, uh, we, you guys we were talking about songwriting, and uh, I brought up Morgan Wall and. And Lucas didn't like that, <laughs> and uh, and I get where he's coming from, but I'm like, dude, if unless you unless you like dive into the people who make the music, unless you really, because I didn't like Morgan Wallen when he came to town, which was only like four months ago. Now I'm a huge fan because not of him. I don't even know him. I don't. I don't even follow him on Instagram. I do not. I'm sure he's got his thing. He's also probably cool. Some people think he's a dick. I don't even care. If I met him, I would treat him like I'm treating you right now. It's just like a brand new start to whoever he is. But when I hear his music, I know who Joey Moy is, you know? Mm -hmm. I know who, um, I know who uh, Hardy is, who writes some of his music. I know I've looked into a lot of the songwriters who are a part of his project. I can't remember the guitar player's name, but he's a badass. The dude who plays on a lot of Joey Moy's productions. Um, I forget the guy's name, but but he has an Instagram where he's just playing. Dude, he's playing Steely Dan, and he's playing like like the guitar player. He's like in yeah. his forties. He's just a dad, you know. He's like yeah. not just a dad, but he's a dad. He's like <laughs> at home playing, and he's like, but he's like on on like the anniversary of this album. I used to love this album, and he's like ripping it, you know. And yeah. he's like these guys are all badass dudes in their own and girls, whatever in their own path in life and they come together to create what is the morgan wallen project and then morgan wallen's the face of it at the end of the day that's what it is you know like you can hate like like people can hate on him or or the fact that that's the case but it's like i like what's wrong with it like what's wrong like it's a great it's like a bunch of people working on a movie you know yeah it's it's the final thing is like what I'm appreciating in the process of it, you mm-hmm. know, all bullshit aside, I don't care what he says, you know, or what yeah. the dude does in public or whatever. Yeah. I feel that way about it. Like a lot of music, you know, for you, it's the songs. It is. It's not the music who Morgan Wall is. No, I don't care. Yeah. And it's like that with all well, of us. Like I, I guess I do care if he's a racist, but other than that, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, <laughs> other I, than I, that, I don't, I don't care. Know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that's like the only thing is uh I mean there's probably lots of racist people out there that 
people don't even know. I you do. Know? And people... And, the, and they're millionaires selling out shows and mm-hmm. all kinds of shit. Actors, whatnot. I mean, freaking half Hollywood's, like, producers are rapists and shit like that, so... Well, and like it's people, like crazy. people like him, like people like Morgan Wallen, or people who are in the public eye, they're under, they're under a microscope. And I'm not defending racism or defending his stance on shit, but I'm just saying, people like a lot of people probably say shit that he said. I don't even know what the fuck he said, but a lot of people probably say shit like that, and it never gets heard because they're not being filmed or under a microscope or drunk and, and famous, you know, like, yeah. so like when that shit happens, I'm like, yeah, that sucks. But like even Michael Jackson, like I know that that dude did a lot of fucked up shit, but like when I lit, yeah, supposedly, (laughs) but when I listen to like, can't stop till you get, uh, can't stop till you get enough. Or like, yeah, dude. When I listen to his music, I don't sit there and think about what he did. I don't think about that either. I think about, holy shit, this guy is like, nuts yes like, dude it's insane somebody t- <sighs> someone no because nobody of told also me also the people who worked on it if people have said that or somebody who worked closely with michael jackson he used to like look at like paintings and just bruce swedeen and he has like orgasms over it like oh no that's totally not bruce Woodin. <laughs> no he's talking about michael jackson like you look at these paintings and like have Michael orgasmic, would have orgasms. The orgasmic experience Gee, because of this like visual art. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I have no. I think idea. it's kind of cool, honestly. <laughs> it's like, wow, you're really that deep in it, man. Like, that's what I would think too. So he, sensitive like a, or something. It's like a child almost in a way. Like, it's like it's like seeing something for the first time. It's like in your life, you get you get in this autopilot mode where it's like, yeah, whatever. Right. Or like you infer everything. Yeah, and you don't even like I mean, you look at the trees and you think what? It's a tree. Right? Yeah. And but then when you're care. on mushrooms or something, you're like, Oh my god, it looks like yeah, the structure like, of a brain uh like a nerve like, system. And that's wow. what that's what like it is as far as I can remember and what I can tell by watching children. Yeah. Like it's is all they've got awe. this they've got this uh openness yes. to everything. It's it's new. Yeah. It's like when August, it's like when my son August wakes up in the morning and comes out of his room and he sees me. He's like, hi, dada. <laughs> and it's like, hey, buddy. He's like, fuck, it's good to see you. Yeah, you know, know that's, the, that's the look on his face. It's like, hi. I'm like, can you, it's like a dog, you know? Yeah. But then, you know, I'm such a dick a lot of time. Not a dick. I'm just, you know, you get in your ways and then, you know, Chloe walks in. I'm like, hey. I'm still washing dishes or something, you know, or whatever. It's not new. It's not as it's not like Augie where he's pumped up and his brain yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I, I thought you were gonna talk about Bruce Sweetin, who was um Michael's engineer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well he worked with close with Quincy Jones for a long time. Uh he was a big full sale proponent, so he would come down and give speeches at full sale. I heard him give a couple speeches when I was a student there, but he has what's called like a oh something some kind of synthesis or synth, synth something where like he sees he hears sounds but sees it in color so like mm. he might hear like a frequency range that's purple or green or 
blue or yellow. Like it's yeah. like his brain yeah. thinks of it as it's like a rare thing. I've looked at it before, but it's like a thing. I don't know, but I get that's the, what he I get uh, shapes, and it's or sometimes or I think that's like a thing with musicians too. It's like certain tonalities have certain words or like colors or oh yeah it's like trying to fucking explain yeah yeah, yeah. and like dance I mean, to if architecture you, if you can get to the like point that. where you're like in it like you're really in it and you can see that yeah or you can like um have that visual experience almost like transcending to a different place of <laughs> just like sonic like space yeah it's like uh just the what the sound does to you it's like a different uh plane like it's a different area yeah yeah it's a plane is probably good you can yeah. like enter a different like area of existence once you like are out of this place and in something that is like all in sound it's um, like uh last or night. energy it's just like energy yeah in a way yeah like last night we were uh, I was recording some harmonies with Swamp Eyes mm-hmm. with the project with Sam, the project I'm working on with him, and we were working on a harm uh, on a li- on a melody line, and he's fucking great at adding harmony. Like, he's like yeah. I'm, I'm excited to show people, but um, he and he doesn't consider himself a singer, but he has a musical mind, so like. He's like, wait, I'm trying to get the, and he's like, oh, I got it now. And he's like, he said, it's literally like the melody has to be etched, like like the path has to be carved in my mind. Oh, okay, now I can go there. Oh, I see it now. How do how do I get from here down to here and come back up and hit this one? He's like, I have to like etch it into my mind, and then mm-hmm. I can like get there, you know. Like yeah. the shape of the melody has to be carved. I don't know where he's fucking carving it. You know, like I don't know if there's like, like a, a neuro pathway. Is that what he's, he's got like talking an ant about? Farm in there. Yes, that's what it comes to mind. Yeah, yeah like it's like an ant farm a of path. Yeah, melodies. yeah. To be able to see, well, okay, like, you go here and then. That's what like written out music is, um, essentially. I mean, unless I guess if you draw lines between the notes, then you know. Yeah, right? the um, contour, the shape of the melody. Yeah. So. I mean, that's pretty much where that comes from, I feel like. Well, that's probably how we... It, Conceptualize that. Yeah, it probably yeah. started with it in the brain, and then a bunch of smart people over thousands of years figured out how to <laughs> get it down on paper. And uh, Fuck those guys. No, I'm mm. just kidding. They did, well, back when there was <laughs> no... They made it uh, hard. Back when there was no tape or digital recording, there was nothing else to do but write it down and yeah. share it orally. Yeah, so... You guys play, when you guys play now, um, Thielen said, or one of you guys said something about like, beyond, once you get to a certain point, the band plays in the music versus on the music. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember when you first played with Thielen? Was it on the music or was it immediately you guys were in the music together? Do you remember that? Because you jammed yeah, with like Lucas it was and like, his buddy. It was like, or Thielen's buddy. A little bit of, both and it was like oh god it's like um it's like both you know because i i had stuff to to play um and i had stuff that i 
was just making up or whatever. But, uh, and that's the point where you realize you're playing inside of, of something is like where it starts to branch into this other realm yeah. or into this, into different areas and then come back and then, and, and it sounds like a, like a real structure, like a real piece of art. So, and then versus, versus me having guitar riffs and then I start playing and then Thielen just has to play to that, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we do that, but it's so like, uh, almost subconscious. Yeah. Um, in a way. So. It feels subconscious now. Like, yeah. and I think subconscious is the state. And it's not always, it's not always that way or will be that way. Cause like, it's just like, sometimes you're in a place, like it's just the right time. Yeah. It's you're off right, or whatever. Yeah. Where yeah. the, the venue sucks. You can't hear, <laughs> yeah. you can't hear yourself or something, but. Yeah. That, all that, all that little stuff helps you get to that place. So. All right. You want to wrap this up in a sec? Yes, sir. Okay. Let me, before you go. Um, I'm gonna rifle off. This is called "Don't Think, Just Act." I'm gonna oh, rifle shit. off some uh, some names. I'm really good and bad at that. Some ter- some some terms, some names, some ideas, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Just a word. Okay. Ray Major. Legend. C sharp minor. Hmm. <laughs> Spontaneous. I call that hit record. Uh, dead and dazed <laughs> solo. Um, lose your fucking mind. <laughs> Gibson. Oh God. Depends on the years. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I love them. Wally. Opus Records Studio <laughs> Podcast Anything. Uh, drums. Heart. Like a heartbeat, sweet or something. Uh, idol. This is a tough one because I almost said American Idol. For no fucking reason. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> yeah, I American Idol. Of American Idol. American right. Idol. Sweet. Um, yeah. Uh, freaking. <laughs> any of those? Any of those guys who write like scores for like f- movies and films? Like sweet. Holy shit, man! Like. Gotta, I only know the famous play. ones: John Williams, uh, Hans, Hans Zimmer. Zimmer yeah. Oh, what's the other one who wrote the Lord of the Rings? I studied him oh, in college, don't but do I this forgot. To me. Huh? I said, "Don't do this to me." Yeah, I don't know. I'm okay. Now. Next word: sparkle. Eyes. Jimmy Page. Um. Goat. He's the goat. Man. Goat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last Black one. Black magic. Last one. Best band mom. Marby. Marby. Oh, yeah. I don't think you're going to get no away offense. with anything for the rest of your life without Marby being um, a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's uh, she's in it for uh, the, long, the long run. Marby's great. Okay. So, uh, shout out. Shout out to Marby and give me one band or artist or writer or uh, musician or somebody uh, in music that you are super interested in right now and that you're studying or like listening to. Who, who's got you right now? Mm. Or like, I mean, like, over I the mean, last like month Zeppelin something. always has me. Uh, Elmore James. 
Who's he, that? Um, he's. Uh, I was playing him in the basement the other night. Um, oh, okay. He's a slide blues player. He plays slide guitar a lot of times. This is what he's known for is being like the the slide player that you okay. want. You know, sweet. Um, but and I'm really big into it. so like. I've got like these six month things or like yeah. a year long even where it's like I may bounce off of this person every once in a while, but I always just come back. And it's mm. George Harrison. Oh shit. Yeah. Cool. Holy shit, man. He's my he's my guy. Sweet. Yeah. Good old George. Awesome. All right. Any closing remarks? Uh other than you need people to vote on Sunday, August <laughs> the twenty eighth. Yes. At uh uh nine o'clock. Yeah, nine central probably. Get on there and vote. We'll put the uh, we'll put the uh, instructions on our Instagram. I got a fall. I got two followers right now. Wally Opus and West Luttrell, both me following my. I started Instagram oh, the, this morning for the podcast. For the podcast. Any closing remarks? Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Just uh, live like live like uh, you're gonna die tomorrow or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Except don't do things that maybe would cause you to would die, cause die, you to today, die quicker. Today. Yeah, today, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but dude, I so I was uh, last night. This is I, I don't mean to sound grim because I actually don't think it is. But I learned this from Derek Sivers, a guy, the guy who founded CD Baby. He's uh the distribution center now, or the service now, but he uh, he sold it. But he's uh, an author, and I've heard him on some podcasts. He's a great thinker, in my opinion. But uh, he said like he has this practice where he he envisions the worst case scenario, so that like he really is never <laughs> shocked if stuff goes wrong. Yeah. So like I know people like that. Yeah, and I and but it it doesn't it, he does it in a non grim depressed way it's almost like no it's it's like i I have like the worst thing that could happen and i i'm still going to keep my composure that's that's what it reminds Mm -hmm. me of i feel like that's like a anxiety thing well it's probably a lot of people with anxiety that do that well like i just expect the worst so it's not that bad but this is what i'm saying it's like an opposite it's like a cure to anxiety is to accept (laughs) that the bad could happen it's like okay yeah whatever yeah because so like last night, uh, I laid August down to bed and uh, I I don't think he can understand me, but he probably understands my energy. You know, he can feel mm-hmm. where I'm coming from. But I was saying to him, I'm like, you know, if this was it, if this was the last time I got to put you to bed, it's been so great. Like you've been a fucking great son. Mm-hmm. And every time I, every time I do something like that. Even saying it right now, it feels like it's kind of grim. Like it feels like it's like Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, what? I mean, yeah. Is it that big of a deal? But it's like you don't have a fucking idea. You have no clue what's yeah. gonna go down today. You know? Yeah, and it's weird that I, I was kind of wondering like how you go about that because I mean, I guess you you're one of the only people I could uh, relate. To. You're at an age where I could still relate to you. And and still talk about things, but you and you also have a kid and a wife, mm. and I'm like, that's just crazy to me. Mm. <laughs> you know, what I mean? that's like yeah. so far out for me, or like seems so like probably should be nuts. Yeah, like at this point, you yeah, got a lot of shit you gotta do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 
But I think too, dude, it all happens. Scare me. No, I think it all happens. I think it all happens as it should or as it's yeah. you know, in good time because like I'm at a place where I, I can have a kid and support it and my wife's a supportive partner and like mm-hmm. we can have a house and I can have a studio and people pay to use it and like I have it's cool badass. fucking bands that I work with, you know, but it, it wasn't when I was 20. Oh my God. I was a fucking, you're way beyond, in my opinion, well, we we would we would probably have hung out back then, but <laughs> yeah. like you're you're way more advanced in your in your uh, in your music and in your in like your focus towards your career and your because I think I was when I was twenty I think I was going to Full Sail, I think I was my first year at Full Sail and I was making music by myself and you know and people would say that would be like. Really focused, you know. You're going to school. Yeah, I was dead serious about yeah, it, but yeah. I also smoked a lot of weed and like, well, didn't yeah, know what I was doing. Well, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, you know, a lot of that stuff never ends to a degree, but yeah. you just change your life around it. You don't smoke yeah. when you wake up, you know, that type of shit. You get better <laughs> when you're 28. You get and you better. Have a kid. You get better. Yeah, when your kids, you got to get a fucking breakfast, you know, or change diapers. You can't smoke a bowl right away, but. Um, anyway, but yeah, I mean, I think it all—you just figure it all out, man. And you make yeah. the kid a part of it. Well, August—it's just, uh, just nuts, man. August went to August went when August was in Chloe's belly, <laughs> which I say he went. His first concert was at the <laughs> amphitheater when you guys played at the amphitheater. Yeah, Noah was still in the band. Uh, and then Rockport he, too. Yeah, he would have been at Rockport. He yeah. would have been at that one. He's been. Uh, he's been a part of like almost every session I've ever had down here. At some point, he like makes an appearance. Um, he was he was at the he was at the um, uh, not at the Astra show, but he was at the, the benefit uh, concert. The benefit concert. Yeah. He was there that night. We were setting up. Like he and Lucas said that one time. Like man, August is gonna grow up. Like people are gonna think he's so cool because he kind of like has all this access to music. Well, I'm like, but. August isn't going to know any different. He's probably going to think everybody has a studio in their basement. Yeah, and, until a certain people. point, yeah. Everybody knows people who play rock music or, you know. Yeah. But he might not yeah, you wonder about. Fuck, yeah, you wonder about that kind of stuff a little bit. I, at least I wonder for him a little bit. Yeah. What is this kid going to do? He might grow up and not even like what I'm, what we're doing. But although he does show a lot of interest at one year old of playing with instruments and yeah getting down he loves banging on the drums he's banging on the drums last night so oh yeah all right thanks for doing this good luck in la i'm gonna have uh, sure. i'm gonna invite a different one of your brand your bandmates on uh to uh come on after the la show and uh give me the give me the rundown of what of what happened because i right. you, yeah. you guys have been on shows where you're all interviewed together but i wanted to do a yeah the separate the separate i want to get in you know because you get uh different access but yeah all right thanks for being on the the mining in the foothills podcast mm-hmm. this was episode one um uh, uh just just a little shameless plug here uh if you haven't listened to the stranger's first record it's everywhere that anybody listens to music the the documentaries on youtube it's good documentary document it tells the story um if you're if you're in the midwest and you want to record music uh and you're good i'm not that picky but if you i would prefer that you're good uh hit me up uh wally opus 
uh, records, royalpist.com, see the other stuff we have going on. And, um, yeah, that's it for now. Vote on the 28th. Oh, yeah. Come see a show sometime. And come see a show, damn it. Yeah. Listen to some good rock and roll. The Fuchsia Fest the was revival. fun. Yeah, there was a lot. that You guys showed up, and it was like, fuck. Yeah. It was. You know, one last <laughs> thing before you go. One time, it was after the, I think it was after the Benefit show, so like a month or two ago. Um, I came home. Uh, I think I everybody was in bed already here. It was probably like the night of the show. I sat out on my driveway, smoked a bowl, looked out at the stars, and I thought to myself, like, if I was a kid and I was at that show tonight, which there were some kids at that show, mm-hmm. um, they're watching you guys up on stage throw down. I mean, imagine, like, when you're a kid and you see high schoolers play sports, it looks like, it looks like, this like the biggest thing you've ever seen. Like yeah. if you're a if you're a kid and you live in in uh, Santa Claus, you go see Heritage Hills play. It's like it's like fucking the big leagues, man. That's what it feels yeah, like. Yeah. So imagine seeing these guys from your hometown up on stage playing rock and roll music, and you're like, you're like you get into you know you're like fucking going off, and you're like hitting your pedals, and Tealan's making all the nasty faces that he makes, and like <laughs> Caden's going off, and Lucas is bouncing around stage. It's like. Like I would, I just put myself in their shoe, in the kids' shoes, looking up mm-hmm. at you guys. I'm like, it's the coolest shit, dude. It's the coolest shit. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to put myself keep going, man, um, on the outside like that sometimes. I'm sure it is. But it's yeah. good to it's good to hear shit like that because now I think about how how, how I remember uh, watching people play basketball when I was in like exactly. fifth, fifth grade, fourth grade, and I was like. Oh my god, this guy can dog. Oh yeah. He's a legend. Yeah. And, then I mean, I was like, and you're up like there bowing later, down too, you know. Four years later I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright. We'll wrap it up. Alright. Alright. Peace and love. Peace and love. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast uh, today. In the middle of it, we talked about uh, Sweet Holly, The Strangers' first single and electrifying track for me during the process of writing it with them. So we have a recording from Fuchsia Fest, which is a small little festival that takes place in Evansville uh, every year now, which is the second year just happened earlier in August. But... Uh, the little recording of it, yeah, this version's a little faster than the record, and they just go hard as hell, and it's cool to hear the live interaction with the with the audience. So 